And let's think about this. It's like, I know, let's all reveal our changing bodies to all of our peers. All of them. That's not, that's not traumatizing at all. Hello world, here's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. A whole lot of loving is what we'll be bringing. We'll make you happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who can tell you exactly what goes on at Sesame Seed Bun. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we'll be saving the midnight showing of Rocky Horror Gym Class Show where you, our listeners, share your stories of the unique trauma that was Jim in the Gen X era. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. For some of you, gym class in the 70s and 80s was a joy. It was the one place where your strengths could really shine. You caught the ball that released your whole team from dodgeball jail. You didn't throw up after running the 600. You looked good in polyester shorts. Today's episode is not about you. Nope. Today's episode is for the rest of us. Maybe you got knocked out when your teacher clocked you with a dodgeball just as you were on the verge of winning the game for your kickball team. Because that happened. Just ask Chris, one of our society members. Or like Kelly, who felt nauseous on square dance days when the girls were lined up and each boy went down the line to choose his partner. Or like me, who nearly fell to her death from a rock climbing platform after a bully, I mean my gym teacher, (laughs) shamed me into doing something I wasn't capable of doing. The point is, for so many of us, gym was a stressful place. And for me, that stress started really early, you guys, when I moved and left a school that used the word gym to a place that used the word fayed. I did not know this word fayed. Everyone else knew what fayed was. And in my mind, it was (laughs) F-Y-E-D, fayed. So I had to pretend I knew where we were going as we walked down the hall in our girl lines and our boy lines with this building anxiety of where are we going? What are we doing? (laughs) What does it mean? What's going to happen? What does it mean? And when we arrive, we're greeted by Miss Keatley. And she's the only teacher in school who's wearing shorts. And she has a dodgeball under her arm, which is clue number one. So that's good. I'm starting to figure this out. But then the anxiety increases when I am unsure if Miss Keatley is a girl or a boy. And I I know, I know. And I didn't, I logically, I'm like, her name is Ms. Keatley. It has to be a girl. But she looks just like a boy. And of course, for today's kids, this is not stressful at all. But for me in 1975, it just heightened my uncertainty about the whole thing. Okay, so for obviously for me, it started very young, these mm-hmm. seeds of anxiety. For you, what is the seed of your gym anxiety? Well, for me, as I have previously shared, my gym anxiety, I think, started with the presidential physical fitness oh, test. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yes. that, that was the first time I really remember being singled out Mm -hmm. in something and having all of the eyes on me. And when that came to events like the flexed arm hang and the standing broad jump, which I was miserable at, I would get so anxious. And even thinking of it now, if you all could see me, I am (laughs) clenched up and I have a pit (laughs) in my stomach. It still affects me to this day. You know what, you guys, though, think about this. 
I feel like a lot of it is that word test. Take that word test out of there. And I'm not saying I would have liked it, but it just seemed like something I had to pass. And I knew I wasn't going to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happens if you only get eight seconds on the flexed arm hang? Or worse, if you were one of those girls who went up and came down. That was me. Oh, that was me. Raise my hand. Yeah, and went up your, and came down. Hit your chin on the bar yes. on your way down. Yeah, literally when they pulled the stool out from under me, I just flopped down. <laughs> on my back, probably. Oh, listen so to Kristen. Cool. Oh, what if you're the girl that gets eight seconds? Like, that's bad. I would have killed I mean, if I would have gotten eight seconds, I would have been demanding a patch. it's like i was the size of a poly pocket so it wasn't hard to stay up there it wasn't like i had any ability of any kind i just didn't have much to heft (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) yeah well for me all of my anxiety is rooted in dodgeball and if you want proof here's my best friend lisa to validate it hi i am lisa i am michelle's friend and we got to play dodgeball together, which is a horrible memory. And I'm sure it is for Michelle too. Um, It was awful. We were wimps and we would cower at the back of the gym, pasted up against the brick wall. I think sometimes actually holding hands and just praying that the ball would not hit us. And eventually we would be the last ones out there because of course we weren't really participating. So the teacher would yell at us to move up and play which they were really just asking us to move closer to the firing squad. That was the two strongest boys in the school who were winding up just ready to drill us with this red ball. We spent probably most of our year with big, huge red waltz on our legs. And then we got smart and we thought, well, if we just sacrificed ourselves early on, we could avoid this whole this whole awful situation. So we would just stick our hands out, get hit, and go, oh, look at that. We're out. Too bad. And then, of course, we got in trouble for doing that, too, because we weren't participating. Then we played soccer together, which was equally um, traumatizing. We were fullbacks, which they don't call them that anymore. I was enlightened, too, uh, not so long ago. And we would say the Lord's Prayer, asking God to please, please keep the ball away from us. So we were not athletes. We still had fun, um, but no athletes, we were not. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) These two little girls at the end of the field by the goal, by the down by the goalie crossing ourselves. But what Lisa didn't um, tell you, what we also did was this. So Natalie was our goalie. And as fullbacks, you know, we are the last players to defend the goal. So when we would the, when when the ball and the players would come flying down the field at us, we were like, "Fuck this, Natalie's got it," and we would just split to the sides every time. You're yeah. on your own. Needless oh. to say, we spent a lot of time walking the sidelines with our coach. And our anxiety, you guys, was recently validated in a study. I cannot tell you how happy this made me. This is from the Atlantic, and this is the headline. I kid you not. The headline of the article is: Gym class is so bad. Kids are skipping school to avoid it. Totally understood. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Thank you for speaking our language. So about 10 years ago, there was an initiative to improve middle schoolers' fitness, um, not just their fitness, but also their behavior and their academic achievement by requiring them to participate in gym every day. They thought this was the solution to all sorts of different school problems. At the end of the initiative, they concluded that the daily gym mandate had no positive impact on kids' health, on any educational outcome. Instead, it actually had a negative impact, and they saw a rise in discipline problems and an increase in absences. And this is so funny. They surmise 
that kids were actually skipping school and staying home and missing a whole day of school instead of being subjected to more gym. So more gym had exactly zero impact on people's health mm-hmm. and achievement. If I was, wow. if I would have been less of a rule follower and someone who, you know, didn't want to get in trouble for skipping school, I would have done it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. It was terrifying. I, how many times did I skip school during swimming? Well, I we mean, made up excuses have a, to skip gym throat. class, right? <laughs> oh, oh, I have a sore throat. I can't go today. Yeah. I mean, that was as close to lying as I got. Mm-hmm. So in that article, they actually point to bullying as a Mm -hmm. potential reason for people skipping school um, on these gym days because gym is uniquely suited to bullying because Mm -hmm. it's a platform for pointing fingers at kids who are overweight or not not athletic. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe it took them this long to figure that out. (laughs) And it's not not gotten better. No, No. it's exactly the same. Yeah. It's exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And not that it's not well-intended. Absolutely. We understand that they want to improve our fitness. I mean, Michelle Obama wants us to move more. The point is, do we have to move in the way they made us move in 1979? Exactly. There should be, I'm not saying that there's not a place for gym class in middle school and in high school. I feel like it should be more of an elective. And I feel like there should be, and, and I know many schools do have this. I actually, back in, you know, the late eighties did go to a high school where I could take dance class instead of PE. But what I'm saying is more schools should offer alternatives. So I I don't disagree with the the reasoning behind why we want kids to take gym, take PE class. I just Mm -hmm. feel like Mm -hmm. the type that they've always been offering, it's not for all kids. The method isn't working. Mm -mm. And here's a good example. So when I was a kid, I lived in a super hippy-dippy neighborhood and we had gym class well, we had FIED. And then we also had a class called movement. Yeah. Movement was taught by a teacher with a drum. That's and amazing. it wasn't in the gym. It was in the multi-purpose room. Mm-hmm. Oh. And she said there was no right or wrong way to do these classes. And we could move our bodies in any way that we wanted. I loved that teacher with the drum. You know what? It go was back, awesome. Well, go back to our, I'm using air quotes here, like movement classes mm-hmm. in preschool and kindergarten because that's yes. not what they were called. But do you remember how much fun it was when you got to go into the gym and you got to wave that giant rainbow colored parachute day? Parachute And day. then you got to walk around with it or yes. you got to grab ribbons on a stick and march around to music and nobody, this is also because of the age, but nobody's bullying you because nobody's right. put up into like a contest of their athleticism yeah. against anyone else. Um, everybody's just having fun when they're in ki- kindergarten PE class is fun. So and there should be those yeah. options as you get older for the kids. And, right. there sh- I'm, I, and you know, the kids who want to play dodgeball and the kids who want to play volleyball, they should have that choice too. They should have that option. Because I'm going to guarantee Correct. those kids do not want to, at age 13, be waving a giant parachute around <laughs> with a ball on. Right. <laughs> but there are many of us that would have loved that option. <laughs> For the rest of us, Jim was just a cruel joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, because it's so horrible and such a detriment to kids' mental health. Like, you guys, for yeah. an hour every single day, as someone very unathletic, for an hour every single day from, let's say, fifth grade to ninth grade, my self-esteem got trampled on. And I mean, yeah. often very literally, <laughs> as yeah. all the kids are playing flag football running over me. But like, my self-esteem... What took a hit for an hour every single day, I felt shame, often felt humiliation. And yeah, you said, is has it just been a cruel joke all this time? Yeah, that's very cruel. Yeah. That yeah. was not educating you. No. 
Well, it was educating you, but maybe not in the direction it right. should have. It was telling you to feel shitty about yourself. Right. Right. And yeah. I'd like to add that um, even for kids who were athletic, there were some aspects of gym that were still humiliating mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. that happened during Very gym that had yep. nothing yes. to do with how athletic or not athletic yes. that you were. It mm-hmm. was, I mean, 70s and 80s PE or gym, whatever we're going to call it. Fyed. It just, fired. There you go. <laughs> Just had all the ingredients, I think, for a humiliation sandwich, as I'd like to yes. say. I mean, all the things that made us feel insecure at that age, they were just on display mm-hmm. for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah, and we're about to see that, that there's a lot more than just yeah. can you can you throw this ball um, hard or not? Because <laughs> if we asked our society members for their PE horror stories, and they tended to fall in some very distinct categories – So we compiled those categories into the top 10 reasons Gen X gym sucked so bad. All right. Get ready. We're going to work that body. (laughs) Are you guys ready? Yes. Yes. Here we go. All right. In the number 10 spot, we have uniforms be they rompers onesies one piece sacks or polyester short shorts okay you guys imagine this a red white and blue horizontal striped neck to waist zippered romper (laughs) and that my (laughs) friends was my high school gym uniform oh ish first of all you lost me at horizontal stripes why Uh, who designed that a man oh i'm sure. sure You know, I think about this too, and I um, I bet my girlfriends from high school would consider this part of what made gym so horrible for us is that our school had been an all-boys school up until like five years before I got there. So the school was designed, the locker rooms, all of that were designed for just for guys. And I'm sure they like opened up some Actually, I think they probably bought them from some Catholic school that was going out of business or something. Oh Our God. uniforms and just had because those are a little them. retro. <laughs> they were just, they even were. for even for the seventies. That was a little retro. Oh, it was the unitard was oh, very special. That's right. It was a it's a unitard. <laughs> that's right. And as I have shared with you all, um, being tall caused many a fashion faux pas for me. <laughs> no, Carol. whether it was I know. Remember my <laughs> bodysuit crotch snap fiasco. <laughs> just imagining you romper pulling. <laughs> Or my high, and I was, you know, ridiculed for having high water, you know, blue jeans all through school. And then in the case of, yes, this unitard of a gym suit, it was the constant wedgie along with that crotch. Yeah. um, Kind of pinching bottom. That kind of camel toe thing look going on. Sorry to be graphic, but that's what, that's what it's called. That's what it is. And honestly, don't reach your hands over your head. And what do you have to do half the time in gym? Oh. And this is a Catholic school, you guys. And honestly, I don't know how I didn't end up with a yeast infection for the whole year oh, just with how much. <laughs> I mean, it was just, you know, and sweating well, and rubbing. When they pass, and, out, oh. when they pass out your your rompers at the beginning of the year, it's like in a full, you know, like when they issue jail uniforms to people and they usually have like on top of the jumpsuit, like the toothbrush and the whatever. At Carolyn's school, it's the folded up jumpsuit with just a tube of monostat <laughs> on top of it. Monostat. For you yes. and one for you. <laughs> Oh, Ooh, there's a tall one. Get her the monostat. <laughs> give her, give her, give Carolyn two monostats. <laughs> Sweetie, come back to us mid-semester. You might need more. <laughs> well, I think my poor friend Jennifer might have had it even a little worse. While she wasn't tall, she had to share 
a unitard with no. her older sister who had gym right in period no. right before. No. Yes. Oh, so God. when she got to gym, she had to put on a sweaty onesie. I'm just imagining a all the places. Uni. But imagine all the places where it was damp. Oh, Ew. I know. I'm sorry, but you guys, that's cruel. That's cruel. That is really bad. We're going to keep looking going, out for let's those keep kids. going back to this. That's cruel. We're going to keep going back yeah. to yes. that's cruel. And that I will share cool. a photo. Um, oh, we'll please, share a photo please, in our social please, media please. of three uh-huh. of my friends sporting <gasps> that um, lovely, oh, fashionable outfit. I'm sorry. And we, I know that is horrible. That is thank horrible, you, Caroline. thank you. We are not the only ones talking about this, you guys. People actually shared their gym class horror stories with the New York Times. And here's wow. what Julia said about her uniforms growing up. In my seventh grade gym class in Fort Wayne, Indiana, we girls had to line up each day in military fashion so the teacher could look down the collar of our droopy one-piece gym suits to make sure we were wearing either a bra or an undershirt. If found wanting, we were called out in all senses of the word. That is disgusting. Even if it's a woman, it's disgusting. Oh, equally. Yeah. Yeah. It's disgusting. Mm -mm. Yeah, that's not okay. No. Um, are you guys ready for the number nine? Uh, yes, pick? tell yes, us, please. Okay, in the number nine spot, we have Michelle. I'm looking at you <laughs> picking teams. <laughs> Why? Why are you? Yeah, you're looking at me because no one ever looked at me. Thanks, Kristen. Oh, you know. Yeah, you guys. I see you, Michelle. Thank I you. See you. As I said. I was not an athlete. I don't know how many times I can. You guys understand that? Um, I was never an athlete. So yeah, I was one of those people who got picked last. And it just caused so much anxiety and embarrassment that honestly, you guys, is long lasting. Like it's something that still makes me kind of feel bad today. And, you know, I think we throw the word traumatic around a little bit too lightly sometimes these days. Um, But I will say that my experiences in PE and the anxiety and shame it caused from being picked, la- like any time we had to pick teams, that was very much a trauma for me in elementary and especially middle school. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a firm believer and I can't, you can't ever tell me what my trauma is the same way I could never tell you what your trauma is. Um, and I really think that, that most people listening would agree that what we experienced, um, and especially if we're talking right now about picking teams, for those of you who also were in like the last two or three to get picked, yeah, that was that was traumatic. That made you feel like crap the rest, not just the rest of the day, probably the rest of the week. Like it was something that or was the rest of your life. Lingered. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the true test is, do you carry that around with you today? I do. Yeah, I do. And if you do, that was a trauma. I was so far from getting picked anywhere toward the top that it almost couldn't even touch me. I, I was just never going to be somebody that somebody wanted on their team. And so it was like I had, I was Teflon. Mm-hmm. It couldn't, it wasn't a traumatic experience for me because I was never going to be that person and I couldn't aspire to that person. So I never even wished for it. Well, and you learn, you learn some coping mechanisms. I would just look down at my shoes. I, I would act like, oh, this is no big deal. Like, oh, but you didn't want to look up and look expectant. Like I was expecting to be picked because I wasn't. I knew right and away. You'd be a try hard. You, you just look down. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Poor me. I know. Let's all give, let's all give little Michelle a hug. And we need to give one to our follower, Taja, who shared that her lack of athleticism made her always the last one chosen for a team. And she remembers that team captains would play rock, paper, scissors (gasps) to see who would get stuck with her on their team. Tasha. No, let's give her a hug. Everybody right now, Tasha, we're giving you a hug. I hope you feel it. I really am. Oh, man. Yikes. People. 
That's horrible. Mean, mean. Hopefully, karma came and got some of those. Folks. I know, yeah. for God's sake. Okay, Kristen, okay, what's our, next on our list? What's next on our top 10 reasons? Gen, Gen X, Jim yeah. sucked so bad. <laughs> In the number eight spot of why Gen X, Jim sucked so bad is showering. Oh, God. As if anyone could ever forget <sighs> the shower scene Mm-mm. from the movie Carrie. And let's think about this. It's like, I know, let's all reveal our changing bodies to all of <sighs> our peers. A, yeah. All of them. That's yes. not... That's not traumatizing at all, especially at when all. you're 13 not years old all. and you're already yes. comparing yourself to everybody else in a million other ways. Yes. Mm-hmm. Whether you have something uh, or don't have right, something, you're like, right. don't look at it. Right. And this this was a horrific experience for boys as well, as you can imagine. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys, my poor husband, he remembers, oh, being a high, <laughs> he remembers being a high school freshman and having to shower with the upperclassmen. And so he was, my husband was a late bloomer. So he says he was only about 5'2 and maybe 120 pounds. And he hadn't really started, you know, any like big development yet, Uh if you know what I mean. And he says he remembers the juniors and seniors being so hairy. And (gasps) he thinks he'd even sometimes run into the showers holding his underwear in front of him. Oh, honey. Oh, oh sweetheart. But I mean, that's the, it's just a different, a different version of what we did. Yes, we were all going right. through it, and maybe we were thinking, "Oh, boys are boys don't feel that." Boys, they did. You know right? what? That's so funny. That never occurred to me because I was so focused on myself and people looking at me. It never occurred to me that somebody could have a big hairy schlong, and then his neighbor would have a little Peter, <laughs> right? So a little hairless rough. Peter. I'm gonna just share my yeah. cute song I made up once. It has nothing to do with Jim, but it does have to do with schlongs. <laughs> Ready? Please. Okay. How long I can't wait. is your schlong? How thick? Is your dick? <laughs> Can your Peter give a leader? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh, that's so good. That's so good. Wow! I bet everybody thought that was the coolest song ever. Well, then, you know, it was kind of fun to think of synonyms for yeah. penis, and then yeah. what rhymed with it, and how could you love weave it. it into the? See, always the English teacher. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna definitely uh-huh. learn that, and that's going to be something that we're just gonna start singing at will. How long <laughs> is your song? Long. How, how thick, thick is, is your dick? Does Can your Peter, your Peter give, give a leader? Get a leader. <laughs> Give a leader, not get a leader. Oh, (laughs) give a leader. Uh. Okay, here's another showering horror story. And this um, is also from the New York Times. This is Claudia with her showering story. Oh, you guys get ready. Okay. Um, What was mandatory in her gym class was that everyone showers after gym class. And to ensure compliance, the gym teachers, all women, would stand at the entrance to the shower room checking off our names as we left. If they suspected that a girl had simply pretended to take a shower, they would pull her towel away (gasps) to see if she had water drops on her naked body. This felt not only tyrannical, but intrusive and embarrassing. And if you didn't have enough showers on the teacher's dreaded list at the end of the semester, you got an unsatisfactory in behavior on your report card. No, that's, that's, that's predatory. That's like, that's disgust. That's pedophilia is what that is. Yeah. That's their excuse to see all the naked bodies. That's what it is. And I can just see them with a clipboard and a pen, like, you know, like taking their pencil and like directing them to open the towel. And I have, I have similar experiences in junior high where somebody has so little understanding of my personal boundary and just being filled with shame, Mm -hmm. just filled with shame at some adults, whether they're ogling my naked body or, or, I mean, just 
horrible, well, horrible things. Just the fact that there was a class where we, we were required to get naked in front of a teacher is oh wrong. Oh, my God. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Do, that doesn't happen today, does it? I don't, I don't know. even know. I mean, maybe There's the teachers no can, I mean, if anything, the teachers shouldn't be able to be, be in there. I was going to say what's worse, maybe sort of in some ways, was because I went to this all-boys Previously, all boys Catholic school, there wasn't a, a girls women's locker room. So we were in like, I guess, basically what was made as the visitors locker room, which was maybe 10 feet by 10 feet. And there was not a shower. There, or I think there was one shower stall, but it didn't work. So we didn't even have the option of taking a shower after being all sweaty and oh. smelly. If you had PE in the beginning of the day. You just went through the day. That's terrible, too. Especially, I mean, we're not going to get too graphic here, but especially as girls, like there are certain (laughs) times of the month you need to take a shower after you've been sweaty. And that's embarrassing, too, if you have to sit through. There's your self-esteem again. You have to sit through the rest of class knowing you have odors coming from various places on your body and just being mortified. But the only time I I did have to take a shower in gym class, and it was a full-on shower, was in one particular unit, which I will explain in a minute. And so when you had, and this is a real shower where you have to, like, your hair is wet and everything, which in the 80s, this is super traumatic because our hair was a big thing. (laughs) This was not wash-and-go hair. Mm -hmm. This was blow-dried and curled, and you had to touch up your makeup. And if you only have, you're given a very short amount of time between the end of your class and getting to social studies. You have five minutes. Mm-hmm. You have five minutes. And that was that stress was very damaging because if, let's just say it, there wasn't enough time no. to make the hair the way you needed it to be in five minutes, which meant that you had to go through the rest of your day with flat hair. So the only, <laughs> the only reason that I had to have that full-on shower was because of what is in our number seven spot. Mm. In the number seven spot, we have swimming. Oh, and this is the only reason that I had to take a full on shower. It's the only unit that I ever took a real shower. I don't think anything can beat my husband's story. I would like to share that with you now. In the early 1980s, I was fortunate enough as a 15 year old to take a pool unit in our gym class in high school. It was a co-ed class. On this specific day, I was running late. I got to the boys' locker room only to find the only school-issued bathing suits left were the tan ones with the blue drawstring, not the navy ones with the tan drawstrings. I changed anyways, ran up to the pool deck so that I wasn't tardy, jumped in the pool so that I wasn't noticed, and on my first time climbing out of the pool, my friends started laughing at me. I looked down only to find out that when these tan bathing suits got wet, they were essentially transparent. The last thing that a 15-year-old boy trying to climb the social ladder in high school needed. I grabbed a towel. I went to the teacher and asked if I could leave the class. He, of course, said, no, that's the last bathing suit we have. I left the class anyways. Never got marked absent, never got marked tardy. To this day, he knew what I was up against. Oh, he left anyway. I love that for him. You know what? I'm going to just stand I'm, up right now. I'm yep, stand up. Let's do it. Stand up for Andy. Way to go, buddy. Unbelievable. The teacher, what an asshole. I know. Can you believe? Um, I love the way Andy tells a story. He's just so like droll. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what I did. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
And then here is society member Sonia, 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 I think Sonia, Sonia. telling her story of swimming with a side of body shame. Here's my story about PE class, and it truly is a horror story. Swimming started for us in seventh grade. Also, I would like to point out that we had to take FIED through 11th grade, and it seems like kids today don't have to take FIED for more than two semesters of all of high school. Anyway, we had swimming, and um, it was bad enough that you had to wear the school-issued swimsuits that were laundered so many times that they lost any sort of shape or elasticity. That was the first problem. The second problem was they had that privacy panel that was just weird, that little pocket down there to cover everything up. Okay, so that was strange. The worst of it was that they were color-coded by size, and someone in their less-than-infinite wisdom decided that the black swimsuits were the smallest sizes, and the red swimsuits were the largest sizes. They were horrible and called attention to everything that a young girl does not want to call attention to. Finally, in high school, they let us wear our own swimming suits underneath the school-issued swimsuits. Sonia, did we go to the same school? I'm very serious about this because we also had to have gym all the way through 11th grade. We also had to wear the school-issued swimsuits. And we also had the swimsuits that were so stretched out that they hung down and exposed our bare breasts or lack of breasts. Right. And I even have um, a little song that I made up. Brown nubby school swimsuits tied up with string. These are a few of my most humiliating things. Because when we had these stretched out swimsuits, we had to line up. And then Mrs. Kilkuski would tie our straps behind us with twine. Like we're from the 1800s or something like that. But Mrs. Kilkuski, I have a question for you. Why? Why? Did she make us come out on the pool deck to get our straps tied together with (gasps) string? Why didn't she come in and do that in the locker room? Instead, we walked out to the pool area where the boys were holding our swimsuits up so they wouldn't slide down and expose our bare chests. On the pool deck. She had some sort of deal with the men's PE teacher. He was like, I'll give you 50 bucks if you bring the girls out and have them do it. I know that I keep harping on this, that the PE teachers are creepers. But you guys, why? what else could we possibly think? I mean, the stress of that moment, the tenuousness of that moment Mm -hmm. of the will I or won't I expose my bare chest to the seventh grade boys, it was so intense. And now, okay, let's speak about trauma. One of my primary concerns when I buy a swimsuit is whether or not my boob will flop out. And I'm always looking for the escape hatches. This is my trauma speaking. I'm always like trying, I'm doing this to see if anything falls out, right? I'm hopping up and down. I'm looking for the place where my boob is Mm going to flop out. And I blame Mrs. Kilkuski. And now a pause for station identification. Talking about all these traumatic gym stories is giving me anxiety. I feel like I need to take a little break. I've got just the thing to calm you and our listeners down and help your heart rate return to normal, Kristen. Just go to the podcast platform you listen on and make sure you are following on Apple Podcasts. Just click the three little dots in the top right corner of our show page. And as long as you're there, click those five stars you see. Clicking them will really calm you down. If you're listening on Spotify, 
there's a big follow button right on our show page. Amazon, too. And I always find that writing helps settle my nerves. So if you'd like to take a minute or two to write a nice review on Apple Podcasts, that will really center you, I think. Oh, totally. And while you're at it, why not text a friend really quickly and share your love of our show and society with them? Sharing is such a great way to boost that serotonin. And if reading helps relax you, make sure to sign up for our fun PCPS Gen X news via our website at poppreservationists.com. And now that you're all relaxed, it's time to get hit in the face with a dodgeball. <laughs> we promise it won't hurt. Back to our show. All right, are you guys ready for number six? Yes. Yes. I don't know. In the number six spot. <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling kind of sad. Stop right now. Oh, in the number six spot, one of the most horrifying things about Gen X Gym was square dancing. Many of you mentioned square dancing is a painful experience, but Michelle and I found it was the only thing we could do in gym. It was our only moment to shine. It was all we right, had. Right. And then I think we got made fun of for liking square dancing. Sure. But there was also, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dissing these other people for it being um, a painful experience for them because there was the stress of having to touch boys. And which boys, which ones did you have to touch? Do you remember? Um, I mean, sometimes that could be a really good thing if your crush was in your square that day and then you just had like one more Alamand left until you were going to switch partners and then you were going to get your crush for, you know, just a hot second. That Please was a let me do si with Rick. Please let me right? do si with Rick. <laughs> but... Then there was also the kid that you didn't want to touch. And there was one boy in particular in my class who had very calloused hands. <gasps> and the rumor was that the reason his oh, no. hands were so calloused was because of his chronic masturbating. <sighs> As if God. none of those other boys were masturbating. Give me a break. They just knew about lube. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And you guys, I'm so ashamed. I fell for that. I fell for that. And I was like, oh, God, I can't touch him. I can't touch him. Oh, oh my heart. I'm so ashamed. Man, I know. We can find the trauma in every part of, <laughs> of gym class, can't we, girls? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And if you remember, listener Kelly shared her humiliation of waiting to see if a boy chose her for his partner as she stood in line. And, and that was enough to make her sick the entire school mm -hmm. day, knowing that that That's was horrible. waiting for her in gym class. And you guys, being sick to your stomach is kind of how I felt after I read a story about how square dancing even became part of our PE curriculum. So well, yeah, that's a good this. question. Yeah. Because why, why square dancing yeah. and why and not, not the jitterbug? Why yeah. dancing? Or the waltz. Or yeah. the twist. Mm -hmm. Which, come to think of it, would have made us more fit if we were doing the mm -hmm. twist versus Element just walking around. Element left is not around. very athletic. Yeah, no. Um, so I found an article, and it was entitled, I love this title, Dosey Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that clever? Yes. <laughs> And we're getting Carolyn this T-shirt, Kristen. It's going to say, wordplay is my foreplay. Oh! <laughs> Carolyn loves some good wordplay. So oh, don't say don't. You. Must have just pleased yeah. you to no oh, end. Oh, yeah. Talk about okay. nipple lightning. <laughs> no Give kidding. Me some good wordplay any day. Okay. So in the article, Don't See Don't, author Robin Panaccia kind of gives us the sordid story of how square dancing made an appearance in our PE experience. And for the beginnings of that, we have to go all the way back to 1921. 
And we have to think of Henry Ford. Henry was that auto magnet of Ford motor vehicles. And you know okay, what, this guys? is weird. Henry hated jazz. He hated the Charleston. <laughs> the end. But he, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You said it just so. You just said it so. I love that. Hated jazz. Henry hated jazz. Let's two truths and a lie. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Go on. (laughs) He he hated jazz Uh and he hated the Charleston. But sadly, even more than those two, he really hated Jewish people, and he believed that Jewish people invented jazz as part of of what? Okay, that's not right. I was also (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Right. Yes. He thought it was part of a nefarious plot to corrupt the masses and take over the world. Okay, I had no idea that Henry Ford was like a conspiracy theorist. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he and Adolf, like, I mean, (gasps) in my count. For real? Right. Yes. um, Ford is mentioned in Mm -hmm. that book. I think they were somehow pals. Mm -hmm. Sad to say. Um, And Ford believed that he would be able to counteract what he saw as the unwholesome influence of jazz on America if he could somehow get square dancing to be the dance. Like that's so, the wholesome dance, right? That's the yes, dance that's going to save everyone. Dance. Save your right. souls, everyone. Literally Bow to your partner. Square. So he reasoned that he would be able to repair this moral indecency that was coming at America if he could just replace jazz with fiddles and square dances. Oh my God. So in order to make this dream come him. true, I know. I know. Sorry, I don't think I want to buy a Ford again. No, I think I I've only had one. Think I've had one. It. Yeah. Ford saw dances like the square dance, music like country music, as intrinsically white and thus more intrinsically wholesome. Uh-oh. Along with his wife, they campaigned to bring square dancing to students across the country, believing it would teach children social training, courtesy. Good citizenship, along with rhythm. <laughs> By 1928, almost half the schools in America were teaching square mm-hmm. dancing. Oh, my and, God. Yes. He succeeded yes. in using his conspiracy theory to squash what he saw. I don't even know what to say. Sorry. <laughs> that was my train of thought. Well, it's what, they, oh what he my saw goodness. as being like wrong and corrupt. Yeah. Yeah. He was seeing all this other dancing everybody was doing being corrupt. It's, it's very Hitler-esque. He wanted to control yes. it is. everything. Yes. And he wanted to write down to what dance type of dance they were teaching in the schools. Right. And you guys, they're doing it today. I know. Don't they Wait, square dancing today. They are not. Yes, they are. Liam did square dancing. Later on, a square dancing aficionado in Colorado also happened to be a school board superintendent. Oh. And he continued to... Um, spread Ford's quest to bring it to all the schools so dancing would become a part of physical education programs across the country. If Henry Ford hadn't been a racist and anti-Semite who believed jazz would be the ruin of our country, square dancing would most definitely not have made it to our gym classes. That is evil, Carolyn. That is evil. That makes me feel like a victim. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, I was a victim of Henry Ford's racist ideology. Well, it makes me feel And gross. we're all just like, do si It makes me feel gross for enjoying it so much. I know. It's the only thing we could do. I know. Ugh. I'll Educate the people. Sorry. Educate the people. <laughs> but we still have more horrors to talk about. Oh, God. Besides Wait, hey, racism and anti-Semitism in gym class. <laughs> Seriously. 
in the number five position of I can't, I never should have named it this because I can't get it Gen out X, of Gen my class. mouth. Gen, Gen X Gym class. The the and yeah that thing um, is the presidential fitness test. Oh, boo, boo. boo. Yes. You know what though? I will say before before we get into the horror stories about the presidential fitness test, I will say that it was a little bit of a break for me because while everybody was on display doing their sit ups and their standing broad jump. I just had to stand there. I got a whole gym class That's off true. pretty much, except for, you know, the 37 seconds I was doing the flexed arm hang. Bragging, not bragging. <laughs> oh, poop on you. Well, imagine <laughs> if you're the one whose chin hits the bar and all those people who just get to stand around are staring right at you. Yeah. When, yeah. It's mm-hmm. traumatic. It's traumatic. It's yeah. horrible. And you guys, we, uh, gosh, I don't even know how long ago, maybe a month or so ago, we posted on Instagram a picture of the presidential physical fitness test, the little patch and the certificate you could earn if you got, what was it, like 80% or above or 85% or above. Don't or ask me. I don't know. <laughs> and man, holy moly, did the society have feelings about this. We got over 220 comments on our oh Instagram post about the presidential physical fitness test. Almost all of them. Almost all of them used the words trauma or traumatized, anxiety, torture, embarrassing. You guys, there were lots of mentions of that horrible flexed arm hang, lots of mentions of the 600-yard dash. That's mm-hmm. not a dash. My God. To me, that is a marathon. <laughs> Slog. Yeah. That's the 600 yards. Slog. I got to run 600 yards. Mm-hmm. Do I get a snack break? <laughs> and um, you're just, your whole goal is just not to barf. Oh, God. Oh, God. And pull-ups. Um, yeah. And I mean, the consensus overall was definitely that the presidential physical fitness test was scarring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was not fun times. Mm-mm. And Kristen, I think you might find this interesting that we have two world famous rock climbers to thank for the dawn of the presidential physical fitness what? test. I okay. Know. The world is very circular. Everything moves in a circular fashion. All right, tell me, Carolyn. Bring it on. In the early 1950s, rock climber Dr. Hans Krauss had developed a test that gauged fitness through a series of exercises that focused on things like core strength and flexibility, did leg raises, that kind of thing. And um, Bonnie Pruden, who was a fellow rock climber, began giving these tests to American school children. And she was kind of disturbed by the results. We weren't doing very well. And so in the early 1950s, um, Krauss and Pruden got together and they gave this test to 4,000 American school children and 3,000 kids in Switzerland. And the results were not good for America. Um, 58% of the U.S. kids failed. Failed? Failed. Compared with only 8% of the Swiss kids. Oh, yikes. And President Eisenhower got a little panicked. Whoa, what's going on over in Europe? What's going on here? So he met with Pruden and Krauss. And the next year, the group initiated a pilot national fitness test called the President's Fitness Challenge. But it looked nothing like this original test that Dr. Krauss had um, created. This looked much more like a military training exercise. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Dr. Krause had focused on core strength and flexibility, and the U.S. version had activities like pull-ups and sit-ups, the standing broad jump, the shuttle run. Oh, the Even shuttle me- run. I forgot about yeah, the shuttle run. Yeah, oh, that shuttle run. I'm just like, why would you ever want to, like, what What purpose does that serve in a person's life? Well, in a war, it might, because this these were like military exercises. Oh, oh. So if you had to run up and throw a grenade and oh, go back really I'm fast. Oh, now I'm scared. They made us do that. Well... Even the people that created the test, that council, they did argue that it was closer to a military training experience than an actual fitness test. The PR program was so successful that schools all across the country adopted the presidential physical fitness test. And then President Lyndon Johnson added the actual badge and certificate and things that you talked about, Michelle, for the fittest kids. Even PE teachers recognized that the presidential physical fitness test was scarring kids who were certainly going to fail. And NPR has quoted one teacher as saying, we knew who was going to be last and we were embarrassing them. Oh, isn't that awful? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. I mean, I wasn't getting any instruction on the standing no. broad jump. There wasn't a no. standing broad Clearly, jump. Clearly, we've unit. seen you. We've seen you <laughs> prep for it, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, you just arrived one day, and it was yes, the day that yeah. you were going to go through this traumatic experience. There was no preparation. Can't for study. It. Can't study. No, for there it. was no practice or honing your skills of any kind, or even trying to improve your fitness. Honestly, dumb. It's just yeah. dumb. Dumb. Okay. Dumb. All right, in the number four spot, we have bodily harm, because gym is the only class where children are regularly harmed and sent to the nurse's office. Regularly. Yeah. Thanks. We heard from Amy, whose brother broke his leg when the class decided it was a good idea to form a human mountain on top of him. (laughs) Broken leg. Broken leg. That's terrible. I would have fainted if Uh somebody in my class broke their leg. Do you guys, uh, one injury comes to mind. Do you guys remember those little square scooters would have to like play scooter dodgeball? We even had to play scooter Mm -hmm. kickball and you're like trying to move yourself with just your feet. (laughs) I don't understand the point of them, honestly, other than to squash your fingers. Uh, Truly, you guys, I squashed my finger so badly once my fingernail turned black and fell off. And (gasps) you rolled over your fingernail? I rolled over my fingernail. I rolled over my, you know, your hands are trying to move you too. Like you're almost like you're crab walking on a scooter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was going so fast trying to like round the bases on like scooter kickball. (laughs) And I couldn't even do that fast. And then of course, you know, I was probably trucking. You know, in my memory, I was probably like flying into home and everyone's cheering. Michelle, Michelle. (laughs) And I rolled over my finger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, uh, my fingernail turned black and fell off. And we, we've got, we, I got a few DMs on Instagram also about the dangers of those scooters. People saying squished yeah. fingers on the scooters, squashed fingers squished on the scooters. Squished fingers uh-huh. on the scooters. I can't believe I escaped that. Ouch. Now that, I feel really lucky. My fingers hurt just listening <laughs> to that story. Mm-hmm. Well, and remember, Chris, you guys from the mm-hmm. top of the show mm-hmm. who got knocked unconscious by his <laughs> teacher? Well, oh my here God. he is telling his story. So my story is about how I got knocked completely unconscious playing kickball in second grade PE class. In 1980 or 81, we had a teacher who had us playing kickball in our 50s era gymnasium. And the teacher this day was the kickball pitcher. And I was chugging around third base thinking I could score when I looked up and saw the teacher with the ball getting ready to throw it at me to get me out. He was straight out of college. He was also a high school coach. So I think he was probably pretty eager to 
And all I remember is the red tile floor getting closer. And the next thing I remember is waking up on my back with the principal, my teacher, and the school nurse, and the coach looking down at me 10 minutes later. Everything else was a haze. I really didn't know my butt from a hole in the ground for several days as I recovered from my grade three concussion. (laughs) The best part, apparently I initially stood up after falling and then my eyes rolled back and I collapsed again, which uh, prompted one of my friends to run into the school office to tell the secretary that coach just killed Chris. And that's why we no longer got to play kickball inside again after that. killed Chris. <laughs> I hope that guy feels like shit. Uh, the coach. Not yeah. Chris, but the teacher. Chris, yes. Chris thank teacher. you for Don't sharing that. Don't throw balls at little boys. Don't no. do that. No, but we love That's that story, idea. Chris. I swear they live, uh, I mean, they're like living um, their younger lives or something. Some of those gym teachers just showing off. They're looking for some glory by, um, by throwing balls at little boys. Yes. Oh, poor Chris. And... Poor me, because you guys, number three on our list. Yes, in the number three spot, we have public humiliation at the hands of licensed teachers. Thank you for that segue, Chris. Yeah, that could have been the title of this entire yes. podcast episode. It pretty episode, much is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. For me, one of the most humiliating experiences that occurred probably in my whole school experience happened during gym class in sixth grade, and it was the scoliosis check. Oh, yeah. I can Mm -hmm. still feel the eyes of my sixth grade classmates on me as I pulled up my shirt and bent over in front of our PE teacher. But instead of the quick once-over glance most of my classmates got, I was asked to stand and bend over several times. Then the teacher ran her hand over my back, and then she called the other gym teacher to come over and look at my back. I just knew that all of my friends were thinking about Deanie, a novel by Judy Bloom, where the main character has scoliosis and has to wear a back brace, and that they were picturing me in a similar brace walking the halls of West Memorial Junior High. Mm -hmm. I was mortified, and thinking about this right now is giving me such a pit in my stomach. Or a little crick in your back, maybe? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Yes, that's right. And why did that have to be done publicly. I don't Tell know. me, Good why did that have to be done question. in front of your classmates? You guys are stupid. In fifth grade, we had to be weighed in front of our classmates. We had to well, go down to the nurse's. It wasn't in, in fifth grade. We had to walk down to the nurse's office and we all stood in a line and stood up on that doctor scale. And I'll never forget. I mean, I still had my baby fat in fifth grade and I, on mine, she had to move the big thing on the bottom <gasps> over to the 100 and like no one else, like in my memory, of course, this is in my memory. Oh my no God. other girl in the fifth grade weighed a little over 100 pounds. No, I didn't have the the wisdom yet to say, well, it's it's my it's my giant San Francisco riding gear wide-legged jeans, um, yes, right. you know, <laughs> Nurse Miller. If I could just take those off. That's what I do now. When I literally, when I go to the doctor, I pretty much ask the little poor nurse, can I just strip down? Right. Imagine this story that one of our followers shared. They were weighed in gym class in front of the boys. And the weight was shouted out across the room oh, no. to another gym teacher that Not wrote okay. that, that wrote yeah, it that's, down. Yes. Holy I mean, I think that's pretty Christmas. Yes. You guys, that's Can abuse. That's abuse. That's plain and simple abuse. Do you feel I'm, like you've been indignant this whole episode? I, <laughs> this story was sent in to us by our good friend Shane at 87 Ragged Tiger. 
He said, the teacher would divide us into two teams and make us do shirts and skins. One team got to leave their shirts on and the other had to take their shirts off. For the kid with self-image issues, that was horrifying. I still think about how I would pray that I didn't have to be on that dreaded skins team. And it never worked out as I was on that team every damn time. One time I actually asked the teacher not to be on the skins team and he laughed at me. Oh, come on. Be better. Yeah. Yes. Poor Shane. Shane, we're sorry. We're hugging you right now so hard. I'm sorry, Shane. I mean, really think about that. That's, uh, uh, no, they're not naked, but you're still asking kids to disrobe without any regard for their privacy whatsoever. So once again, I'm just going to circle it on back to the creepy PE teachers, PE teachers of our youth that they, they wanted excuses to see us naked. They're asking you to disrobe. I Let's don't just think I'm lay being... that out for everyone yeah. to think about. Your teachers were asking you to take your clothes off. Right. That is not okay. Mm-hmm. Even if you're a boy, that no. is not okay. No. no, it's not okay. One of my high school friends, Barb, shared a story. We had a river that went behind our school, and there was always a unit, a time when we had to run around the river. And she shares that gym class was the last class of the day for her, and It was time to run around the river. And she said, I am the last one. I am all alone running. It takes me so long to finish that school is done and all the buses are gone and it's getting dark and my father is waiting in the parking lot for me on the verge of a panic because I'm nowhere to be found. I finally show up probably looking like death warmed over. So the the teacher just let her just left class. Just said school's out, but we don't know where Barb is. She'll get here oh, eventually. Wow. Yeah, not like maybe Barb fell in the river. Um, Holy God! Right? Think about that. Yes, you're missing a student. Is that not liability? Well, we were talking in a group chat that we think that those PE teachers sent us for that time around the river, and then they left for the day. And then we just went back to the <laughs> locker room and changed and went home. So they didn't even know that Barb was missing. Yeah. <laughs> Again, licensed teachers. Well, it's negligence. It's just pure negligence. It is. It's yeah. negligence. Yeah. Oh, my God. She could be dead. <laughs> yes. She could be dead. Floating down the knows. river. Yeah. Poor yes. Barb. I know. Sorry, Oh, my Barb. God. Okay. So here's my public humiliation at the hands of a licensed teacher. This was in high school. We had a rock climbing unit. And I was okay at using the handholds and climbing up to the rock climbing platform. I could do that. I didn't like it or enjoy it, but I was able to do that. But there was a good like 30 to 50 feet between the rock climbing platform and the roof of our gym. And there were coming out of the rock climbing platform, there were vertical beams going up to the roof of the gym. And my gym teacher tricked me into doing a rock climbing move that I had no business doing. He tells me, by myself. Everybody else is on the ground watching me. Kristen, climb up to the platform. So I do, because I can do that. And I'm like, here I am at the top at the platform. He says, now what I want you to do is put your hands on the vertical beams. Okay, so I do that. He says, press really hard. Okay, I do that. Now I want you to take your feet and press your feet against the vertical beams what? so that I'm suspended in the air between the vertical beams using my own weight. And he says, I want you to climb to the roof. Like shimmy your way up, like one like of those little toy things. Like shimmy my way things. up. <gasps> yes. No handholds. No and you're not, handholds. And you're not connected to like a... Um, yes, I am connected. Okay. But I could fall. Yeah, I could, could definitely fall. And I'm using my sheer strength to climb up. There are no handholds. But here's where the good teaching comes in. As I say no, <gasps> I was more like, oh, fuck no. 
I'm not doing that. And he goes, screaming at me from the ground, surrounded by all of my classmates. He's screaming at me. What, are you scared? Are you scared, little girl? You think you're going to fall? What? And so I'm crying. I'm up there crying. I'm like, no, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. And he shamed me into climbing all the way up. I thought I was going to die, you guys. I thought I was going to die. And there were like, I did it. I did it. But I felt no sense of accomplishment. I felt no pride. Instead, I was completely traumatized. And I was embarrassed in front of all mm-hmm. my peers sitting, standing there on the ground watching me. And how many times do you think I've been rock climbing since that day? Zero. Zero times. Mm-hmm. So if he thought that this was some kind right. of tactic to make me see, like, look, you did it. Hooray. And now you know what a big sense of accomplishment. No, I'm never going rock climbing. Mm-mm. You know, that's an actual, that's a really good point, Kristen, because I think the way we were treated, regardless of our athletic ability in middle school gym class, sets us up for the rest of our life, how we feel about sports. I know, I'm, yes, and, I, and I'm definitely not going to blanket that and talk about everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think for a large percentage of us, I know that just after that, my entire life, I've had zero interest in sports. I I love to be outside and I love outdoor mm-hmm. stuff. Me too. But I love stuff that's by myself. Like I love going kayaking. I love going, you know, biking. I love doing that kind of stuff. I don't want to ever play a game of softball or kickball. I mean, we can look at what that guy did that day. That was a teacher fail. I think we need a PCPS like um, gym class, like a retreat where we can all get together oh, yes. and have some positive experiences mm-hmm. with some of these PE um, exercises. And I'm going to bring my drum. We're going to have yeah. movement in the multi-purpose gonna, room, and I'm going to buy a big um, parachute. It's mm-hmm. not fun when your whole team is like, oh, man, yeah. or when like, oh, Michelle's failure. up, and yeah. they're all yelling at you, bunt it, bunt it, bunt it. Like, and then when you're up, everybody on the, out on the field moves forward. Oh, God. <laughs> right? Yes. Or the awful feeling when there's this just like really high ball that's in the air, and you're uh-huh. in the outfield, and it's supposed to be this heavy <laughs> catch. It's the third out. You're going to win. Uh-huh. And all you have to do is Can, catch it. Okay, so that, never going to catch I'm going to tell you a story that has stuck with me to this day. Seventh grade, I'm out in the outfield, and the ball is a pop fly, and it's coming right to me, you guys. And you just know my entire team is like in slow motion watching the arc of it with their <laughs> oh eyes. And then when they see who's standing there with their eyes closed and their glove in the oh. air, they're knowing like, uh-uh. you guys, I swear to God, I stuck my hand straight up with my glove on. I don't know that I closed my eyes, but in my memory, it's funnier if I closed my eyes. But I think I probably looked at it. I will never in my life forget the feeling of that ball slapping <gasps> into my glove. And I caught that damn ball. And the stars everyone aligned. went crazy. <laughs> Even Miss Harms, our teacher, was shouting. Now, again, in my memory, everyone ran around me and hoisted me up on their shoulders. And I will never forget how that felt. I probably flew three feet above the ground for a week after that. And you yeah. guys think about it. That was in seventh grade. I'm 52 years old. I will not ever forget that memory either. I, and I had one crazy? of them. And so, yeah, I would like to, I would like to have more, more memories like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Let's move on to number two, shall we? Okay. This oh, one yeah. is a doozy. This one is a doozy. Okay. In the number two spot, we have period shame because mm-hmm. gym was the only class where you were forced to share your menstrual cycle with your mm-hmm. teacher. Yep. And even if your Gross. teacher was a man. 
Ugh. Society member Mary shared this story with us. She said that when she was in high school in the 80s, she had really bad cramps during PE, as we all did. But she still had to dress out, but she just couldn't make it out of the locker room. So her hot, she, she describes him as her hot PE teacher, Uh-oh. came looking for her, and she was curled up in a ball on the benches, and she had to tell him she had cramps and says, remembers oh, it as just being a really mortifying experience. That stuck with her. All these, oh, oh gosh, yes. She had to tell him that, you know, because that's not something that when you're in eighth grade um, or in ninth grade, I guess she was in high school, that you don't, you know, now we're all older and we're like, yeah, boys should we're know not prepared periods. to share that with anybody. I didn't even tell my mom when I got yeah. my period. <laughs> and now I have to tell not only a teacher, but a mm-hmm. man. And a hot teacher. That's and a hot awful. one at that. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, we're sorry, Mary. Yeah. I'm sorry, and Mary. Listen to this one from Beth. I'm horrified that this story even happened during my lifetime. But here you go. I was in middle school. We would have to walk by the creepy PE teachers and tell them if we had our period, and then we would be exempt from taking a shower. We would walk by them. They were all in front of this glass window. They were kind of all creepy, and we had to say the letter M for menstruation. It was literally so dumb and so embarrassing. (laughs) That is so dumb. It's so archaic. Well, I'm just like you just like go up to the little speaker and go M. Yeah, I'm imagining her like this weird like convent school or like this orphanage. You know, like this big (laughs) imposing, almost like castle fortress of a school behind barbed wire, and they're all just like shuffling along, and they have to say M, and then the teacher like hands them a giant M to pin on their (laughs) romper, like a big scarlet letter. Scarlet M. God, Beth, that is terrible. I'm sorry, Beth. Yes. That is horrible. Horrible. Sorry, Beth. And it's also teaching them that they can't shower when they have their period. Yeah, what gross. That yeah, that's the time you really need to shower, ladies. You should probably shower. You should, and you should be teaching them a little hygiene. That should also yeah. be part of your... Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Ugh. Okay, you guys, we're at the number one spot. The number one reason that Gen X gym sucked so bad. Are you ready? Drum roll. The number one reason that Gen X gym sucked so bad is dodgeball. Oh, oh But remember, dodgeball is a sport of violence, explosion, and degradation. So, when you're picking players in gym class, remember to pick the bigger, stronger kids for your team. That way, you can all gang up on the weaker ones. This is a primitive game for people who can't solve their differences with words. And yet in the 20th century, it was a pillar of the gym curriculum, a game where children were permitted to throw things at each other. The harder, the Mm -hmm. better. You saw those guys winding up. You know they weren't just going to tap you with the ball. They wanted to nail you with that ball. And it often resulted in Mm -hmm. bodily harm, all in the pursuit of status and glory. Like Neanderthals. It's not okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was so harrowing that getting out on purpose, like Lisa and I did, and many of you listening did, that became preferable to remaining in the game. Honestly. For sure. You just take the hit. You just take it (laughs) and get out. Yeah. Just get out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you don't want to have to endure that hell and torture any longer. This is why so... Oh, I'm sorry, Carol. I was just going to say, or God forbid, be like the last one there. 
on oh, the God, right all by yourself yes, on your side, and you're they're all coming oh. at you, and you're that's what if you imagine, so yeah, that's what Lisa said. We would see Carolyn right we, now, like trying to move out of the way of the dodgeball. <laughs> well, at least and I would be pressed up against that back wall, and then all of a sudden everybody was gone, and we'd just yeah. be like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. And uh-huh. then they, and then you know our teacher would be like, "Move forward, girls!" Like, yeah. and you're like, "No, please don't do it! Don't do it!" <laughs> How many times did you get hit by a ball when you were standing in the corner chatting with a friend about the latest Judy Bloom book? <laughs> I that was me, like just let's chat, chat, chatty, chat. Uh-huh. Oh darn it! And then yeah. you just go and you're like, woohoo! I can't wait till she gets out, so now we can continue talking about our books while we're out. Mm-hmm. I yeah. pretended I got hit. I didn't even like oh! purposely get hit. I mean, it's like oh. Especially in the beginning, you could do yep. that because there were so many balls going back and forth. You know what? So I, I, I absolutely, one hundred percent, Carolyn. I did that too. <laughs> now that you said it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's ringing true to me too. Oh, but you guys, our listener Amy is giving us hope. <gasps> Just yeah. listen to this. Hi, ladies. It's Amy from Minnesota. I have a physical education story for you. I moved to a new town in seventh grade. Torturous. First day of Phi Ed class, we're playing dodgeball. First person to get hit in the face is me. Stinging face, sitting against the sidelines for the rest of Phi Ed class. And being the new kid, you know, you just kind of take it and hope you don't cry. And mid-class, a girl came over, you know, got eliminated and came over and was by me. And she's like, this is so stupid. How are we ever going to learn if we're standing on the sidelines while the boys that know how to, man, sexist boys, but they know how to throw and they just eliminate us and then we're standing here. Somebody should change this. Fast forward 15 years, I became a physical education teacher and I don't teach dodgeball. <laughs> okay, can we stand up? Everybody, yeah, everybody stand, stand up. up. Out, of yep. Out of your chair. Stand, standing ovation, Amy. Standing ovation. Also, Round of applause. Also, round of applause. I want Amy to know, I really hope that you know that all of this talk of the PE teachers that we've been talking about is not directed at the wonderful PE teachers like you, Amy, and like That's I'm right. sure right. many other people are. And I would really hope that in 2021, there's many, many more very, very supportive and positive PE teachers than there are like the ones we all experienced. So Amy, we are we are proud of you and we support you and um, good job. Yes. Thank you for thank all you, Amy. you do. Yes, thank you so much. Is it possible that people in adulthood actually find each other based on an underlying hatred of dodgeball? As in, do you think dodgeball is one of the things that binds the three of us together? Even though we've never talked about it, Mm-mm. not even once, and we haven't even played dodgeball since the Carter administration? <laughs> I mean, I think, think about so. it. I don't think it's that difficult to find people that hate dodgeball, mm-hmm. but yeah, maybe so. Because what would you guys do right now if when we were talking about this, I was like, oh, man, I was the ringer. <laughs> <laughs> you would kick me out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Which means all that is to say that all these people listening right now, if you just jumped up and cheered when you heard that Amy stopped teaching dodgeball in her class, if you did a fist bump like Judd Nelson style, you're like, yeah, Amy, way to go. <laughs> That means we have found each other. After all of this time, all of that stress, we found our support group. And thank you for listening today. And join us next week when we'll be saving the absolute grooviest way to increase your phonemic awareness, the electric company. I'm so excited for that one. I can't wait. Um, And we cannot say it enough. 
I know you think we do, but we cannot say it enough. <laughs> if you like what you hear, please follow if you are listening on Apple. All you have to do is click those five stars and leave a review telling others why they should listen. On Spotify, following our show helps us a ton. And sharing the show with friends means a lot to us, you guys. It really does. Uh, make sure you are also following all the fun we are having on social media. Just search for Pop Culture Preservation Society. In the meantime, let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of Jack Tripper, Janet Wood, and the inimitable Chrissy Snow. To good times. To happy days. To Little House on the Prairie. Cheers. 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 Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song.